When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our attention back to the tennis because Brett Phillips, voice of tennis, host of the first serve, has joined us. G'day, BP. Uh, morning, Jules. Bit of a different build-up to the Australian Open this year. There's been some strange articles out there so far, you know, from the one suggesting that the player's unhappy playing here in January and it wants to be pushed back, which seems to be an annual argument. And then the one that struck me was the fact that Burn Atomic deserved better from Tennis Australia. What did, what did you make of that? <laughs> No, I, no. Well, I, I'm not in. I'm not in that corner, um, uh, Jules. No, and I always get surprised when I read articles. I sort of read comments that, uh, well, why didn't Bernard get a wild card? You know, he should have got a wild card ahead of uh, uh, some other players. It's always a point of conjecture. I can tell you every year the wild cards, and uh, I'm almost at the point. I'm almost at the point where I actually think the Australian players uh, shouldn't actually uh, be given the luxury of wild cards. And okay. this, this goes for. This goes for the Americans, uh, the French, the UK. I mean, obviously, the four Grand Slam nations have a real leg up for their players to, at their discretion, uh, choose uh, wild cards. It's not afforded to all the other countries that exist on the tennis tour. And I know we did an article on our website at the first serve a couple of days ago leading into Australian Open qualifying. Just the numbers going back to about, you know, I think it's 2013. There's not many who have capitalised on those uh, mm. wild cards. I mean, it is a great experience for them, no doubt, and a cash injection, which helps sort of kickstart their year. So that is the privilege of being an Australian tennis player, is that you do get that. But I often think, you know, in a sport like tennis, you should get there on merit, uh, in my view. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of... Yeah, a little bit waxed and wane on that one. Mm. But in Bernie's case, I mean, he's 460-odd in the world. He's trying to work his way back. Uh, and I think, you know, he, he got plenty of assistance uh, back in the day when he was uh, reaching the heights of 17 in the world and making Grand Slam quarterfinals. And now you just fend for your own and, and you climb without the support. And I, I think that's that's the way you've got to do it in tennis. We haven't seen Nick Kyrgios yet. I guess with Ash Barty not being here this year, we're... We, we see Nick as the chance, the best chance, I guess, of going deep. I mean, you can make an argument for Alex Dimonor. You can make an argument for Isla Tomjanovic as well. How worried are you about the lack of tennis Nick has played heading into a, a Grand Slam, which is as brutal as any? Yeah, I've said to just a couple of other chats the last few days, if there is one player on the tour that can sort of come off a limited prep and just go into a round one match and sort of just fire, it is Nick. Because he has got that huge serve, which, you know, he's not going to get broken too often. And it's just whether he has then got the legs and uh, and, and got the uh, the match conditioning, if you like, to really get into the rallies when you're in the return game. So um, we'll wait and see. You know, he's going to have a hit out with Djokovic. We'll get a look at him on uh, Friday night. Um, you know, he's, he's obviously taken the conservative view to be as fit as he can for the Australian Open. I think his mental state, you know, he's a hell of a lot better. Uh, it, it, it comes always with a bit of baggage. Yes, we're used to that and the, uh, the storylines around it all. And the draw will be fascinating, Jules. That, that comes out Thursday and then we'll have a look at the first round matchup and then sort of project um, what might lie ahead for him and then, I suppose, give a, 
give a, a more um, detailed view of how far it can actually progress at the Australian Open because sometimes it can just be one matchup that mightn't suit you that uh, you know stops that journey in maybe the, the third or fourth round. But let's hope he's uh, let's hope he's got everything together mentally, physically. It is a chaotic existence around uh, Nick, and <laughs> yeah. if he can just compartmentalise and stay in the zone, put the blinkers on. Um, who knows what could happen over the next fortnight. The men's side of the tournament, obviously Novak's back. He's in great form. He'll start favourite. His record here is is unbelievable. And then you've got Rafa back as well. How disappointing is it the fact that Carlos Alcaraz is not playing? Given the rise, the fact he won the US Open, we expected him to go deep here. How? how not for the tournament, because it'll be a great tournament anyway, but the fact that he's not playing, how disappointing? Yeah, I'm I'm disappointed. I, I you know you, you just love watching this guy. What he did in 2022 was quite uh, phenomenal. I, I'm sort of disappointed that Kuyong that starts uh, today because he was the major draw card, and you would have got an even more intimate sort of um, experience of Carlos at uh, the boutique uh, Kuyong Lawn Tennis Club. But look, the good part is Jules, uh, we're going to see him for another 15 odd years, yep. so he'll be back. And we, we're sort of getting used to the slams now. I mean, Novak misses two last year. Rappers missed ones over the journey. Roger couldn't get out on court the last two or three years. So we saw Serena missing periods. You just, you just never get the full complement of players. Uh, but the good news is that he's got a, a long career ahead of him. But I think that opens the door for young Holger in it. Just watch out mm-hmm. this kid. The, uh, from Denmark, I mean, I've never... As, he's as driven as Elkaraz to climb to the top of this tennis mountain. I think he'll get there at some stage. He's been a number one junior. He trains like no one else I've seen. So actually, if you those listening... If you want to get down to qualities this week, you get to see the players train as well. I think it's five, ten bucks to get in and get out and see where Holger Rune's practice court is and just watch this guy go to work. It's uh, It makes me tired. I need to lie down on the stretcher after watching this. <laughs> just 19 years of age as well. So what another exciting young talent uh, in the game. Women's draw. Just got a 40 winks uh, temper here, BP. I'm struggling to find a winner on the women's side of the Australian Open draw. Keen to get BP's thoughts. <laughs> Think we might yeah. get? Does he think we might get another new Grand Slam winner this year? Well, it just depends on Iga. I mean, mm. Iga Swiatek is the world number one by some margin yeah. at the moment. But as shown at the United Cup, Jessica Bagula did beat her for the first time in four years, which I think was a, a little significant marker there. Now it's Grand Slam tennis, totally different. Swiatek skipped Adelaide, so she can be right for Melbourne next week. So she absolutely deserves clear-cut favouritism. But I feel like I've a broken record every year. The women is, is always wide open. There are just so many storylines that could unfold. And there's no one that absolutely jumps off the page at me, um, to be honest. So I think Sviontek is clearly the favourite. Coco Goff had a good win in Auckland over the weekend. I think she's ready to go maybe you know, deeper in Australian Open than, uh, than she ever has. And there'll be someone that you know, pops up and, and, and has a bit of a run. Just in 30 seconds, is there any merit at all? And as we said, it comes up a lot of changing the date of the Australian Open. I just don't know where you change it to, Jules. In the tennis calendar, where do you where do you put it? Um, I mean, the only thing would be, uh, and but then it, it wouldn't suit Australia. It wouldn't suit our school holidays for mm. the kids. Maybe you could push it back one week so that the kids come for the first week before they go back to school, which is where the most activity is. And the second week of the AO is more sort of the corporates getting tickets to Rod Labor quarterfinals onwards. And that might be maybe 
a solution to giving the players a bit of a longer break leading. It's a dilemma for tennis because it's just played all the time. No one wants to give up any real estate jewels. So, yeah. But, you know, we can't have it in footy season here. It's clear air in January. I think it's here to stay and, you know, the players have just got to sort of suck it up. Maybe the, the end of the season's got to finish earlier somehow, mm. but I, I don't know quite how that's going to happen. Yeah, I reckon it works perfectly in the slot that it is is in. BP, can't wait for the Oz Open to get uh, started, but uh, plenty of tennis beforehand. We'll chat again soon. Thank you, Jules. Pleasure. Brett Phillips, the host of the first serve, the voice of tennis here at SEN. This is mornings for Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel in stock now. Red Energy is 100% Australian.